morning. I don't know if you're like me, but I enjoy a good reveal. You're, you're watching a show or a movie and you learn something about a character. Maybe it's about the entire world you've been existing in. Suddenly you realize it's a dream. The main character wakes up. Oh no, what was that? Everything has changed. Sometimes it's a it's a character. Now, the thing about these things is they always happen right at the end of an episode. Watching the character, all of a sudden his eyes, you know, brighten up, boom, cut to credits, right? It's over. And you're like, one more episode, one more episode. I got to find out what that was all about. We love that reveal moment. It captures us. We're going to see as we continue our journey this morning through Matthew, a moment of we're going to learn something. We're going to see something about Jesus that's powerful and, and should leave us shocked and amazed. Today, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 17, an account which is often called the Transfiguration. Chapter 17, verses 1 to 3. If you don't have a Bible uh, with you, there's one provided under the chair in front of you. Our passage today is on page 822. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we would love for you to go home with one. We have some on our table in the back, right to the right as you exit the door. You can just grab one of those. You don't have to ask anyone. If you're new to reading the Bible, the chapter numbers are those big numbers there, the 17, and the verse numbers are the small ones. Um, so we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 13. Let me read our text. Join me. Matthew 17, verses 1 through 7. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun. And his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. A voice from the cloud said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And the disciples asked him, then why did the scribes say that first Elijah must come? He answered, Elijah does come and he will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come and they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased. So also the son of man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was, he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. Amen. This morning we're going to see emphasis in this text 
two powerful truths, that Jesus is the son of God, our sovereign, our ruler, and that Jesus is the son of man, our savior. He's the son of God, our sovereign, and he's the son of man, our savior. We'll walk through this incredible moment in the history of God's people and we'll see how those truths are there and what they mean for us. So let's look through our text or our passage. Starts with something we haven't seen yet in the Gospel of Matthew. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. This after six days, we haven't yet seen in Matthew this sort of temporal shift and guidance in a text. We've seen him kind of go from place to place to kind of indicate a change. But here we have this six days, very specific and it does two things that are, that are loaded. There are at least two things. One is it immediately says, well, what was before that? It's after something. What was before? Well, we just looked at that text last week. It's the exciting thing about preaching chapter, book by book through the Bible and chapter by chapter. We know, right? Jesus has this, Jesus tells his disciples that he's, he talks about his, his death and resurrection, Right, and he has this, Peter says, no, I'm not gonna let that happen. And Jesus has this harsh word for him, get behind me, Satan, right? This, this really harsh rebuke of Jesus to Peter. And then in, in verse, in chapter six, sorry, in chapter 16, then in, in verse 28, it says, truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the sun coming in his kingdom. That's the verse right before this. And after six days, we're going to see Jesus reveal himself in all of his glory. We're seeing that, that fullness of the kingdom begin to be peeled, peeled back. But we'll see the story, how it, how it ends as we continue through. It's not, it's not quite that yet, but we get this glimpse, a uh, reveal of what is to come. Jesus in his glory. The six days here also, I think it points us back. Matthew is... His, Lace just dripping with allusions and, and references to the Old Testament. And here I think there is, there is one, some scholars think so, that, that, that six days really referencing back to Exodus chapter 24, where we have Moses about to go back up, to the, up the, the mountain to confirm the covenant. He's going to see, receive again the Ten Commandments. He's going to receive the, the law, a bunch of descriptions and things, and he's going to be up there for a while up in this mountain. But the cloud's there, and it's, it's six days, and then Moses ascends. It's kind of a key connection because as we already saw, Moses is right here in our passage. He's reappearing before Jesus and the disciples. So there's a connection here between what God was doing and giving the law to Moses and what we're seeing here. See, we also see that he took Peter, James, and John, those, those classic trio of disciples that are Jesus' real closest inner circle of the, of the 12 that were following. First time Matthew actually is calling them out and pointing them out as, as that. But they're there, and they're there as witnesses to what is about to happen. They see it. And as we see, they, they are terrified. Now let's continue on. They're there. They've, they've climbed up the mountain, again, similar to what Moses did. They climbed up a mountain here. They're there. We don't know exactly where this mountain is, but it's a high mountain, and they're by themselves. So the, the, the scene is set. They're at the top of, a, top of a, a mountain. There's no one else there. And Matthew almost just 
glosses right into it, and he was transfigured. Jesus is changed, he's powerful, right? His, his face shines bright as the sun. Have you ever been driving and the sun is just coming right into your window and you can't see anything, you put your flap down and it still doesn't do it, right? Today's not a, but on a sunny day, if you look at the sun, mind you got it, it's, it's, it shines out. It's powerful, it's bright. This is how Jesus' face is shining in this moment. White as light, they could be possibly bleached. They're shining out. It's incredible. This word here we translate transfigured is, a, is, is the same word we get our, our English word metamorphosis from. That, that, that change, that sort of internal change of, 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 of a person that's shining out. Here we're, we're seeing that. Jesus is seeing this glory. It's an incredible picture. Oftentimes when I've read this account, I just, you just can easily gloss over it and just pass right by. Oh, yeah, he was transfigured, face shining as the sun, clothes white as the cloth. No, right? This is an incredible moment that's happening. God's glory is shining through. Jesus' glo- glory as the son of God is emanating from his person, is shining. When Moses went up the mountain and he had the encounter with the Lord, when he came down, his face was like emanating the shining of God, was sort of reflecting off of him. He had to wear this veil. This is different than that. This isn't reflecting back the, the, the glory of God, that brightness. This is the glory of God, piercing out, shining out of Jesus. And, and it's incredible, like the sun. And then it's not even where it ends, right? And then behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah. So not just Jesus there with his glory, but also these two incredible figures of, of, of Moses and Elijah. But why them out of all the, the people that could be there? Maybe David could be there, right? He's, the, he's the, 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 the kind of ultimate king of Israel there. Uh, the, the one would be a son of David that would come after him. Maybe he could be there. Why Moses? Why Elijah? There's probably many reasons. We'll just do a couple because, you know, time is short. But both m- m- some, some kind of scholars recently kind of talking about Moses being a representation of the law. He is the lawgiver. That's where the law comes from. God gave it to Moses, gave it to his people. It's like a representation of the law. And, and Elijah, even though he's not a, a written prophet, he's one of the most powerful prophets in terms of the, the miracle working that he does. So we have these two things, Moses representing the law and, and, and Elijah representing the prophets, that, that all the law and the prophets testify to Jesus. They're here now talking with him, affirming him. These are both also Moses and Elijah. There's prophecy. Moses gave a a prophecy in Deuteronomy chapter 18, 15. It says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly. And he said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God or see the great fire anymore, lest I die. Moses is prophesying a a prophet greater than him will come. It's interesting there. He says, it is to him you shall listen. We'll see listen come up later on here in just a moment. And then Elijah Elijah is also a figure that will, 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 will come before the Messiah. In Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, we read, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet 
before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. There's this people waiting for a prophet greater than Moses and, 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 and waiting for someone that's gonna come after Elijah, this Messiah, Jesus, the son of God. He's there, they're testifying before him. We don't hear in Matthew what, what they're talking about 